Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Ladies and gentlemen, broadcasting from beautiful South Bermondsey, this is Achtun Millwall. So welcome one and all, welcome to sunny suburban Mitchell land, Vicarage Road, Watford. We're gathered here today, ladies and gentlemen, for the occasion of Watford. They Millwall in the Championship. As you can hear, there's a good turnout of Millwall fans in the way in. Now, today is Watford's remembrance match day. Um, looks like they've got some kind of carcass bay lined up for us today, which uh, is themed on black and white. They're, they're in black and white stripes today for some reason. I'm guessing that's, that's a previous kit from the past. But the players just lining up now for a, a short remembrance ceremony. Here's the uh, Watford card display. So there's a poppy in black and white stripes down at their home end. And this is a Millwall fans applause for that card display. Nice stuff. Really nice stuff. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.
well applauded by the Millwall fans. Teams changing ends. We have Millwall attacking us in the first half. Anyway, in. Watford going away from the Swords Air home end. Once again, Ian Holloway, the team command, has been filling around with his team. We've got the return of Adam Dunn in central defence and the relegation of Danny Shittu one week after a man of the match performance against Cardiff. Make of that what you want, listeners. Speaking to news with Ben Holloway, he, he thinks it's fine to tinker with his teams and obviously he's going to be judged on the result, but that's, that's an unusual choice, I've got to say. Welcome for the Watford goalkeeper, Dana. I don't know who he is. Where we go? Ball probably around the mill penalty area. Five nearly out inside the mill area there. Watford now. Over left and ships it away. Straight back to Watford again. They're keeping possession of the... First two or three minutes, it's been all Watford on the attack. The 10 now, cuts inside, wins a free kick, he fell over on purpose. Watford free kick, just outside Mill Penalty, left side. So, all pressure since we've started the match. Now, coming up for the fourth minute of the game. There's the 29, he's twisting and turning. Free space, cuts it back. Still bubbling around, Robert's still got inside Mill Penalty area. Falls over on purpose, punts it away towards Fuller. Thank Christ for that. First chance Mill had to actually keep the possession of the ball. Comes Fuller down the Mill right. He rounds his man, keeps it well. Still in play, still in play. Double Fuller down the right hand side. Take on his man. This is brilliant. Jimmy's still going. Well caller, fantastic dribble by Ricardo Fuller. Five minutes into the match. Well, a huge police presence just turned up. The half a Shea Ryan squad have just pitched up this list. I thought they were looking for fan podcasters, and maybe that might be the end of the show early on. Here's Lee Martin in front of us with a corner. Low. It's bobbing around across the penalty area. Back to Lee Martin. Right inside, he floats it in. It's another corner, Millwall. Another corner, Millwall. Five and a half minutes. First Millwall attack of the game. There's Wilkinson to take this time around. No, it's a foul. Excuse me, it's a foul. The ball hit, actually hit the corner flag and went, went clear to go down as a throw. So it's going to be one of Wilkinson's long ones. So it comes towards Walford. Who catches a slight head on it. Watford punts it clear as well. Back to Scott McDonald. It's been all action. I'll tell you what, six minutes gone. Throws it in. Away by Watford. As far as L came in, the police seem to disappear. I don't know where they've gone. They've swore to a black hole. Doing one of those parallel universes I was watching the other night with Professor Brian Cox. Both teams are there good, good going forwards. Eight minutes. Eight minutes of pretty much end-to-end -end entertainment, ladies and gentlemen. Watford have a kind of an ultra section over on the far right-hand side of the home end. Lots of flags. A drum. Lots of jumping up and down. Excited. Nice diagonal ball. Finds Scott McDonald over on the right as we look. Mill left. Plays it inside. It's Wolford. By space. Yeah, Wolford. Wolford. 11 minutes. Beautifully worked goal. Diagonal pass. McDonald cuts back inside. Finds Wolford. Picks his spot. Fires home. One new ball. Have a listen to that, ladies and gentlemen. Watford on the attack now, they look dangerous when they go forwards, ladies and gentlemen, they shoot it in, it looks like it was a save by Fordy, punched away at the near post. Watford of course come into today's game highly rated by football pundits generally, second in the table, and certainly going forward so far, 
come out for 16 minutes, they look pretty good. Martin penalised there for Baker making a back, I think it's called in football. Always an interesting expression. Always reminds me of making the piece with two backs, but then maybe that's just my mind, I don't know. It's a nice football being played by Mill. There's a beautiful turn by Williams and pass out to Matthew Briggs over on the, the left side of the Mill attack. Mill win possession beautifully, put themselves in trouble, but kept the football somehow. Still on the attack, it's Wilkinson, it's, it's Fuller. Beautiful back heel, no foul given. Yeah, what a flick, the fans think of that, right at his toe. Beautiful back heel turn there by Fuller, clipped by the Watford player, nothing given. Referee <laughs> seeming to ignore Watford's sudden physical tactics. Great play on. Down. Wilkinson wins the ball back. He's doing well, Wilkinson. I'll tell you what, there's a player that Mill really, really ought to sign. Make him a priority, John Bellson, if you're listening. But John Salarco's doing the, um, must be the match report for Sky TV. Drawing a little disparaging comment from, from the Mill fans. Let's draw the laugh out in fair play to him. <laughs> <laughs> and some applause. Well done. These <laughs> blonde assistants now drawing a ship Gabby Logan comparison. Where will this end? It'll end in tears, ladies and gentlemen. That's where it'll end. Come up for the first year, minute of the game, and it's got to be said, dare I say it, after that initial rush of the first five minutes, we were largely looking in control of the game. Obviously, we've got that one goal lead, but Watford's attacking threat has been largely nullified after the first few minutes. We've just started to give possession back the Watford a little bit in these last few minutes. Every time the ball's been punted forward, it seems to be sticking with a black and white shirt. Another cross into the penalty area before Fulton takes. I'm trying to see us keep holding the football a little bit, might as we were earlier on. When we do that, we were pulling them apart in all fairness, but every time we're punting it forwards, it seems now just to be going straight through the Watford in play. Watford's still got a ball, it's a shot. Oh, palmed away by David Ford. He's done well now. Ford fell to the Watford Ford just inside Mill Penner. It was a kind of daisy colour shot, which Ford did, Ford did well to get down to. Conceded corner. 35 minutes. First direct chance for Watford there. Winger is cut across the mill penalty area. No one challenges the ball. No space. Go. The ball was kind of um, battered back and pulls across the mill penalty area and clipped in by their ball. So far as I can tell, too far away to really give you much of a clue as to what happened there. But as you can hear, that's a one all. Unlucky Millwall. I'll tell you what, though, it's led to some furious flag waving down that home end. Intimidating sight. Watford back on the attack again, shot on goal, palmed around by David Ford again. Mill conceding too much space on the edge of the penalty, and a shot from just outside, it was on target, pushed around for another corner. Mill's attacks just seemed to break down a little bit more than they did earlier on the half. It's now back, it's Wolford. Tries to flick it inside, couldn't find Lee Martin, unlucky. 39 minutes. Long ball down the right hand wing, finds Fuller. Beats his man. Fuller now is a penalty. Penalty, surely! by this twat of a referee. Who is this bloke? Clearly clipped in front of us. That looked for all our penalty to me, ladies and gentlemen. Now he's left on the attack. Wilkinson bundled over, free kick mill wall. Looked pretty clear cut from where we're standing. Bobby Pasir getting on TV, but that did look like a penalty to me. 40th minute of the game. Pull of draws a yellow card for his protest as well. Just to add insult to injury. What's that they say? The best games are the ones where you don't hear or see much from the referee. Well, we haven't got that this afternoon. I'll tell you that much, listeners. This play wants to be star of the show. He's having to work with Webster and, and the goalkeeper now. Pushing and shoving one, presumes. Chips it in towards the near post. And Webster gets the ball, flicks it across the penalty area. Oh, off the line! What's your goal? Offside. Offside given, but that shot was actually blocked on the line, this was so much moaning and much groaning, so it wouldn't have counted. It wouldn't think across the line. Watford on the attack now, Dunny loses it out, looks like a penalty shout. Given us a free kick right on the edge of the mill penalty. It looked like a penalty shout from here. 
right down the far end as we're looking. It did look close, listeners. Two minutes into overtime. It's going to be a fairly central show on goal for Watford. This could be dangerous going into the break. State the bleeding obvious, why don't I? Here we go. Shoots. 2-1 Watford. Straight through the wall, I think. Straight into the net. So here we go, maybe one last attack from Millwall just before the break. Byron Webster, no Half time, Mocker 2 Millwall 1, right at the death. Straightforward free kicks, blasted through the wall, into the net. Cheek, 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 the crowd are calling. But overall, the referee has been um, questionable, shall we say. We're going to be right back after these messages. Hello, Bob, you were at the ground early today. Yeah, hello Terry, I always get here early in my seat because I want the best view of the Lions on the pitch. The only problem is, I get here so early, I get bored. I'll tell you what you need to do, get a copy of CBL magazine, that'll pass the time before kickoff. It's a great reading, full of superb articles all about Millwall. What a great idea, how much is it? It's only two quid and a great deal of that goes to charity. Lovely jubbly, where can I pick up a copy? Pick one up from Nick Hart at the Zampa Road Gate. He's here before every home game. Cheers, Tell. I'll never get bored before a game again. CBL Magazine. On sale before every home match at the Zampa Road Gate. Just £2. Get your copy now. So here we go, second half, ladies and gentlemen. Millwall slightly undeservedly one goal down after the first half. Played some really nice stuff at times in that first half. But... As ever with decent sides, they give, get chances and they punish you. We're passing the ball around, more possession based perhaps in this second half. Some nice stuff being played here. This is Upson again. Sean Williams. Mill playing the ball across the middle of the Watford half. Williams, nice one too. Finds Wilkinson, fires the ball in. That looks so. Oh! Push around the near post by the Watford goalkeeper there. Put up a four minutes in the second half gone. First real real attack there. Yeah? A lot of pressure. Well possession, but that was the first time actually seemed to pierce the, uh, the Wofford defence in this second half. Could be a middle corner. Williams floats it in towards the central part of the penalty area. It goes behind for goal kick. Uh, slightly uh, poorly. Looks a little bit of a simpleton to be, to be fair to him. Full kick wanker. Um, over the Wofford side. Just to interrupt my report on the full kick wanker, there was a shot there by Millwall. Wofford and then officially sanctioned run with their, their cartoon games or whatever it was. I think it's meant to be a hole Mill back on the attack again, keeping the ball down that Watford end, but no clear-cut chances. Looks like Scott Malone is stripping off, ladies and gentlemen. Not literally so. On his kind of sweatshirt thing. Looks like he may be entering the fray. 58 minutes on the clock. 59 minutes. Going to be a long throwing from Andy Wilkinson. No, it's not. It's going to be a short one. Finds Scott McDonald. Looking toward the cross. Searching for Lee Martin. Oh, a handball. Upson can't control the ball. We're going to get no change out of this referee. I can tell you that much, ladies and gentlemen. He sees that minor little infringement on the halfway. This is a handball, but spots the Watford infringement on the halfway line. Go figure. Watford on the attack now, the forward twisting and turning just inside the middle pen. That beautiful tackle by Andy Wilkinson on their 24. He's just lining up to shoot. Lee Martin gets clipped. That's got to be a three. That's got to be a yellow card, surely. On the 31, about fucking time. And Wilkins shoulder child got the ball. Hard to see who that was in this distance. Apologies. Little press and win the ball back in midfield. Scott McDonald bundled over. 62 minutes. There's Watford on the attack. Hitting it offside. That's a goal. Number eight. Number three, sorry. Look like offside. Him off. Ball played out wide on the, on the, on the left-hand side. Back in, into the central part of the penalty area. And the three just blasts it home for 3-1. Mill players having a word with a referee there, rightly so. Three, three, one, the referee, three, one, the 
giving nothing moves way this afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. But don't just go clattered there on, on halfway line. And you can hear what people think of that around me. 65 minutes gone, Mill 3-1 now. It's looking very, very hard to get back into this game. Let's be really honest. The referee has done us absolutely no favours whatsoever today. Fuller over on the far right side. Bundled over. Free kick goes the other way. <laughs> oh, my good goal. There's a second middle substitution now. Maguire Gay coming into the game. Who's this going out? Ricardo Fuller leads us. 69 minutes, 21 minutes to go. Ricardo Fuller's done really well for me today, ladies and gentlemen. And for the, the Mills to pull too, as you can hear. In comes mystery man, Maguire Gay. Is he fit? Is he a genius? Is he a madman? Who knows? Here's Malone coming down the left-hand side. Flicks it back to Gay. Just outside the pull-off of penalty area. Upson tries to clip it forwards. Wolford is free. Oh, that was a chance off the line, it looked like, from Wolford. <laughs> 72 minutes. That was a chance for Millwall there. Millwall with a corner. Five minutes to go. 85th minute. Good work by Aiden O'Brien there. Williams swings it into the penalty area. That is an on target. Unlucky. Look like Byron Webster, I think. Head a straight on goal. Tipped over by the Watford goalkeeper. Another corner, Millwall. Then it comes again from Williams. It's kind of lower ball into, into, into the angle of the penalty area, but let's uh, run clear. There's Wilkinson. Another diagonal cross. Aiming for Scott McDonald if it reaches him. Bundle of players in there. Very hard to see what's going on, ladies and gentlemen. What is going on? It was a free kick to Watford somehow. In the melee. Always favour the black and white stripes is this referee's credo. is a time of the game where really we need to start thinking about Mills man of the match. Very difficult the, given the, the, the turnout of the result. Well, I'm going to pick out Andy Wilkinson who for me has been a real rock in the middle defence today. Brilliantly uh, timed tackles, good going forwards, very very solid players. I'm going to pick out Andy Wilkinson. I want to mention the Byron Webster and also Lee Martin up front as well. Everyone's putting the shift in all fairness. There's been no real poor performances. Um, second half, Millwall have had lots and lots of the football, but much less penetration in their first period. Probably the critical moment was the second goal, right bang on half-time. We conceded probably the worst time you can concede a goal. The referee certainly played his part, that's for sure. Decisions seem to favour the black and white shirts more than the yellow shirts. I mean, clearly everyone is Millwall-centric. Um, you know, we always look for our, our decisions to go our way, but it doesn't been a hell of a lot of decisions has gone against us in 50-50 moments, if you know what I mean. No offense, going for the referee, be man in the match. <laughs> Not a bad shout. That should be it, ladies and gentlemen. Any time now. There it is. Wolford and the referee three, Millwall one. Um, what can you say? Probably. Mill had a lot of possession that second half. Get a good round of applause from the away fans. A lot of possession, not enough penetration that second half, really, ladies and gentlemen. But we're always up against it with that referee. We're going to be right back after these messages with our listed line for the month, which is Mr. Del Strain. Stay tuned. Oh man, it's Del Strain. Um... I absolutely just getting the door from Watford going to do radio in a minute where I'll be speaking more about it. I'm fuming. Week after week the FA must surely despise us that they let refs do such an unprofessional shoddy job. I'm totally disgusted. We've had bad refs for seasons now, but it's really getting beyond a joke. The last time I saw a ref as biased like that, it was escape to victory and he had a luger to his head. Shocking. Diabolical liberty and something needs to be done. Oh, good, 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 good afternoon. That's a Millwall. It's a nine nine hundred Millwall fan calling in uh, once once more. Um, sadly, didn't didn't make it up to to what for today. And I, I was at a uh, I was at a, uh, I was at a uh, wedding. Um, 
I know the question you're going to uh, to ask is uh, who gets married um, on a Saturday d- d- during the football season. Well, the answer the, the answer is my my, my colleague um, who is also a Lewisham uh, traffic warden, um, my, my my very good friend and, and, and colleague Oliver Wiley Badatumba. So 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 I was at um, Oliver Wiley's wedding today. Um, a, a fantastic occasion. Um, slightly soured by the by the result and the performance up at up, up at uh, the Fevikid Road and, and the loss the loss of three one by the by the Lions. I, I haven't got too much to say to that. Um, but oh, the good news is if you if you happen to park on a yellow line in the borough of Lewisham today, you probably would have got away with it. As we were all at the we were wedding of um, of my not my colleague Oliver Wiley in. Uh, in uh, Canwell, there was all plenty of uh, tra- traffic all day, um, all, all colleagues of mine. Um, well, one person who, who didn't make it through to the wedding today, um, to to much much disappointment, no, was 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 the best man. Um, he he was flying in um, and detained at uh, Heathrow security after his um, flight from Sierra Leone. Um, he he got into the arrivals and uh, broke broke out into a sneezing fit. And was subsequently quarantined um, for for four fears of Ebola. Um, so uh, there was no best man, best man at the wedding, but it it was uh, it was it's it, it's still quite a good affair. Um, so short and sweet for me this week. No comment on me all really. Um, saying uh, I've got nothing to say really about that. I'm off for a pint of ale at the uh, wedding now, and a bit of a a bit of a oops upside your head. Um, I just asked the I, I just did ask just asked the uh, the groom what the f- f- first first song was going to be, and he said it's going to be to 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 tight fit um, in the jungle, um, in the jungle the, the the mighty jungle the lion sleeps tonight, um, which sort of bringing it back 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 round to me. Well, it does it does does have a link. Uh, it's quite ironic really on at a day like today. Um, because I'd, I, I, I did think with this, 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 there was no connection that was there today. Um, as I was convinced, us going up to Vicarage Road and in, in Watford, that we would um, win away, 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 win away. Win away, win away, win away, win away, win away, win away, win away. Uh, I, I, I think that's enough for me. Um, hopefully, we'll have some more in, in, insightful comment ne- next week when I've actually been to a game and not say, not say, um, um, a a a a, a, a wedding in Camberwell. Uh, Nigel signing off now. All the best. Uh, cheerio. You're listening to Achtung Millwall. All right, so welcome now to our listed lion for this week, which is um, Mr. Del Strain, comedian, stand-up, writer and broadcaster. Welcome to the show, Del. Oh, thank you very much for having me, Nick. It's a pleasure. Good to have you on, mate. Now, first um, question that I'm going to leap straight at you with, having just heard your voice there, I'm going to nick a question I think was fired at you in the, in the toilets at Wembley Stadium a couple of years ago. Um, what is a sweaty sock doing supporting Millwall? What's, what, what's a Scotsman doing following the lines, Del? Well, basically, it's, it, it started, to be perfectly honest, the first time I'd ever heard of Millwall was on a TV at Luton, which is probably most people who ever live in Scotland. Then. <laughs> That's a good start. Um, <laughs> And yeah, but also they were blue and white, um, the same as my Scottish team, because I'm not into that. Um, what's held us back for a thousand years? The Rangers and Celtic dividing conquer. Pitch. I'm a Kilmarnock fan, always have been. So it made sense for the blue and white. And then when I sort of came and I lived here, yeah. um, the year I moved here, it was um, Cass and Sharon or Garter. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, and it, 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 it was just awesome, and obviously it's probably my fault. It's been all downhill for there. But, um, <laughs> yeah. 
and, and then obviously I, I met a girl down here and all her family were woke right. and her brother lent me the book and as soon as I read the book off the Scottish and the Morton's Jam Factory and everything that was I, I was just hooked Fantastic. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of linkage between Millwall and Scotland. Clearly, the origins of the club, as you just said. Um, and all, I mean, many many people struggle on these issues, Dale, don't they? I know it was a football show, so we're not going to stray too far into the politics of it. But you've just touched on it yourself there. I mean, the the old firm divide in Scotland is um, it runs deep, mate, doesn't it? I mean, as an Englishman and an onlooker, it amazes me that the, the kind of the depth and, and, and the breadth of, of that divide up there in Scotland, and of course in Ireland also. Exactly, and, and, and like your normal average English person, apart from Scousers, because they do have it in Liverpool, wouldn't have known what an orange walk was. No. Um, and, and basically the interest, and I've been doing a bit of research over the last few years on this, and I, I, I've seen a lot of things where, like, remember, Mullow was also a trade unionist team. Very much and so. Like that, and, and the media, the propaganda would like to put it out. That we're sort of like, um, how, how can I put this in a politically correct way? We were sort of into what Chelsea was in the 80s, which is total nonsense. If you actually look at the facts of the club, uh, the steps we've taken over previous years, and like I said on the radio many times, uh, stop beating my wall with a stick. They've done more than most other clubs. They're no worse than any other clubs. And it's society's problems you've got to take a look at. Very much so. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, I sometimes think that the club is, is a convenient cartoon that um, the media use. I mean, it almost stops you thinking, Dell, doesn't it? I mean, you know, violence at Mill was the easiest headline to, to, to write, and, and sometimes we lay it on a plate for them because the club is, is what it is. Well, uh, see, 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 I don't even have that. Like, as I said, it hooked Jacobs before. By the grace of God, but for that one night in Luton, uh, God forbid we could be where Chelsea was with a Russian millionaire and Chelsea could be where Millwall was yeah. for all them years for the 90s um, they had a, a much worse rep than us and I just find it interesting how they've managed to jump on this corporate whore bandwagon and become a brand a brand that is, that is cool and the FA like but you know as well as I do um, how much love the FA and the media have for us. For me, what outlines it is, when I went to the Luton uh, away last year, on the day of the papers, both the Guardian yeah. and uh, and the Sun, which is a rag that I have, uh, I wouldn't even blow my nose with, since I'm in a strike in Hillsborough. But um, on that day, they actually printed the papers from 1984. Now, what makes me sick about this was, I grew up on the terraces. Uh, first game I ever went, it was beating 74, Sheffield Wednesday, come on up in the Anglo-Scottish Cup. Yeah. And uh, then I, I think an uncle took me to a Rangers Air game, and then I decided I wanted to support Kelly. And I went on my own when I was nine and ten, on buses away to Aberdeen. I grew up on the terraces. I watched the whole thing from people having skinheads and punks fighting on the terraces to all the dads and everybody that was out on the beano with your basket brick. They all got off the bus. Yeah. And I saw it all change into the casual thing in Scotland and, and how all that started. And to be perfectly honest, what happened that night in at Luton? 24 coppers got a slap and some seats got thrown. But in the context of what was going on in them days, that was pretty tame. Yeah, it was a minor affair. I mean, no pun intended. Actually, that's that's probably a bad choice of word. It was a minor affair in a big picture because we're talking about the mid '80s when, as you say, the minor strike was on, and there was a, you know, the law was being used to repress the, the protests of, a, of an industry that was dying, wasn't it? So, seen in that context, one night's kickoff in Luton was quite a small scale event in in, in retrospect. It's the same. It's the same with the media cascade. The working class will become this white trash now. It's like we should all be driving around in Dukes of Hazardous with it, with it saying the South will rise again. And it just makes me mad. And it's sort of like it's 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 poverty porn. Where you get this porn, it's that sort of thing. Really, send that idiot who's probably a graduate who's middle class into your football stadium and, and get some McGonagall who's drunk and half-cocked and just get them started. Now, like I said on the radio, I could take you to any ground. I'm not just picking any teams here, but, for example, Wolves, Cardiff, Birmingham, <coughs> anywhere, and find that. You could even go to Charlton or Palace and find that. I think the convenience of coming down the den, it's not very far from the West End and, and the you know where the media kind of hang out, and the fact it's got the name that it does, it just makes it a convenient metaphor that you know you almost don't have to think about your report when you when you compile it. Um, but for me, my wall is the area. It's the, I mean, I lived off Trundley Road for 20-odd years. You could hear the roar through the den in my kitchen and my bathroom. Um, all my neighbours were all wall, old school. And it's, it, it's the area, it's the people. 
don't get me wrong, I've been here 23 years, and anyone listening to this, let's not kid ourselves. London has changed in the last 10 years. They've totally. ruined it, in my humble opinion. They've totally. ruined it, overpopulated it, and now they're making it a place for the rich and the people to clean for the rich. And anyone who, who dares to say, hold on a minute, I'm not working for, like, 30% of what my my dad was getting in, 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 in the late 80s. I'm not working for that with all the price rises. is castigated, you know, because they, anyone, God bless them, that lived under Stalin 70 years or comes to a third world country, they see minimum wages or step up. Mm. Um, I don't. I, I'm passionate. I think wages are way too low. That's what's wrong with this country. If you would actually pay people the decent wages, we would spend it. And, and that's relevant to the football as well because I've also got a fear. I love the championship. I think that 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 week above it, the, the, the sort of promised land, it's not it's everything that's going to kill football eventually. They're going to over-franchise it the way they did in America. And the football that we grew up with yeah. um, has changed a lot. But I think by the time, if we ever get that far, my son's my age, um, we, 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 they'll be playing Premier League games in Dubai or wherever they want to hold it out to, and they're just going to ruin it. It's a good point. We'll come back to that later in the interview, Del. Just want to run through our start of our questions. You are a listed lion for this month, so I want to thank you for doing this interview. Um, name clearly, Del Strain. You, you're um, a stand-up comedian by by profession, Del. Would would that be your description of what you do for a, for a living, best? Well, basically, I was on probation, man, and then I've done some acting with some do-gooders from the young Vic. Um, that led into stand-up, basically, and for the last, what, what's it, eight, eight, nine years, seriously, yeah, I've been, I've been doing stand-up comedy, but I've had the privilege of doing many radio shows, and then I've done a few bits of TV and then some writing as well, so, yeah, you that's, had... that's what I do. You've, you've led what what described on some of the web interviews I've looked at. You've led a, a like they politely call a colourful life, mate. So um, clearly, um, well, have, have, <laughs> <laughs> not more than Bill Martin was off a pretty colourful place. I'm sure they are. <laughs> <laughs> colourful, colourful was one way to put it, I guess. Um, what was your first impression of what was your first Millwall game, Dale? What was your first impression? Yeah, and you know it's strange. The first one I went to was actually was Luton. Yeah. Um, I think it was the fifth of November. The fifth of November, game one three one, and then um, I always remember walking down uh, under the tunnel, and then um, and and just getting there and just the smell and the pies. It was just like going to rugby park, small intimate, yeah. and and you could see the people, you could taste it in the air, and then um, that. I, I remember after after the game, funnily enough, I watched. I was amazed at how quickly all these young sort of geezers were uh, dismantling this wall <laughs> <laughs> and passing bricks along in a line as if it was a navy crew building America on the railways. It was it was something a sight to behold, um, and that was the first game I, I, I went to. Looting about what 80, 88, That would have been something like that, yeah, I guess. Yeah, season, November the fifth, I believe it was. Yeah. There was no, there was no, I personally believe, Del, I don't know if you'd agree, that there was no approach to a football ground quite like that railway tunnel walk towards the, the Coldblow Lane entrance, the turnstiles there. It just had this kind of Dickensian, musty, dank, jagged glass set into the walls. It always seemed to be dark and cold down there, even on the hottest of days. There was just nowhere quite like it, mate, was there? It, uh, it, it's amazing how some days, even in the night, down when the sun's out and you go there and you sit in certain parts of the ground and it's like it's Siberia. <laughs> it's, it's got an air of that, but I liked it because I think no one, no fans like going there, no players like going there. Superstar no. players. Don't. I remember man, you go there, man, and then their fans were cut. I bet your hands when New Cross was sort of pretty lively. But the thing I remember about the game was just the look in the in the players' faces. That they were actually having to play football there in that environment, and that's what we miss at the new day. And I think that, see, to me, I know sometimes the last couple of seasons it has not been easy, and sometimes we're our own worst enemy. And, and we young players, they feel that energy. And you know, for example, I remember when, before Henry went away, I remember someone shouting, "Henry, you lazy, whatever." One, yeah, yeah, I mean, you yeah. see his head just pure dropping down. So I, th- I think. We've been a lot more positive as fans this season, to be honest. And um, at times, it's it's there at the new den, but then sometimes for the amount of people that's there, it's not, if that makes any sense. Yeah, it does. Um, it's it does. not the same. It's not the same at all. 
I, th- I think well, one thing with him. <laughs> and it goes back to an earlier point that you made, and it's a good point, and that's the kind of um, the commercialisation, the, 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 should we call it the sanitisation of the top flight, the Premier League is, it's kind of like an NFL, isn't it, Dell? now? It's, it's um, a global brand and um, all that comes with that. And I, I, just from a Millwall point of view, I, I sometimes think that we do ourselves a disservice because we often think the atmosphere is is less than what it was in the past. But honestly, when you go to other clubs' grounds, um, our, our ground really is still pulsating compared with many, many other championship grounds that I've been to. Oh, definitely. If you take, for example, Leeds this season, yeah. um, it's super vibe, you know what I mean? But the, my point being on Saturday, Wills, it was... There's a lot of people, maybe the excess season tackle holders, the ones that will come a few games a year. You know, they pack games and come. The big ones, and yeah, yeah, yeah. But it just wasn't. It just. It's. It's just not the same. I don't know what it is. The East Upper tries to start that, but. It, it, it for the whole it, when the whole stadium's in tandem and it's rocking, you just can't beat it. Yeah. But then I've seen the fans being like that this season, and you do it, and the players come out, and maybe or eleven of them don't. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. Are, we, are we playing that way, or are we play bad for whatever reason? And and I think we we we, we can be our own worst enemy. We self doubt, and then we just sort of switch, and and then we sort of lose it. So I don't know. Maybe as as as, as my world fans and people, we should all be a bit more positive. As I would say, I, I'd agree with that. I mean, I'd, <clears throat> I've written down here something about the the adrenaline rush of the den, and I'm I'm going to guess I've never. St- done stand-up comedy and I'm not sure I'll be terribly good at it but I'm guessing that when you're on stage and when you're you've got an audience going with you that there's a real buzz and an adrenaline rush from that as well it must the two must have kind of similarities for you at times Del. Oh well that's exactly it see for me um, a lot of the people that know me in life still don't understand why I do it in the long drives and I mean see there's the other thing most I'm not a career comedian when I started, there was a circuit and you paid your dues, and if you were lucky, you would get to the glee and jungles and that. But I've never wanted to be Michael Antire. I've never wanted to be famous. I right. gig because I buzz off doing stand-up. Right. And the buzz off doing stand-up has, I mean, it tops any other feeling in the world. And it's, it's, I love good? it. I love it totally. Um, and I spent a lot of the 80s and 90s buzzing on other things. So it's just nice to be um, actually just natural and, and be able to get that feeling out of life, I suppose. Great stuff, mate. Yeah. Question four. CBL, yeah. half, halfway line, seats, the Alderton Road end. Where did you used to stand at the old ground, Del? Where was your choice? Yeah, of then, old then, Cold Blow Lane. Cold Blow Lane had, end, yeah. Had to be, yeah. yeah. And uh, at the new then, I'm actually seeing, because my, my kids sort of changed to the adult ticket this year. So we used to sit together, but now he's got his own little mates he meets and that. Mm. So I, actually, this season, what I did was I took him on the halfway line okay. um, in the docker stand lower. Because right. so I like being close to the pitch. I like seeing them doing the warm-ups and seeing the, the, the body language between each player. Yeah. Um, what's going on in the dressing room behind it, how they seem in their own minds. And also, it's you can get a really, really... I know you can see the game nice from up high, but I like it there. It's close, close to the game. Good choice, good choice. Who's your favourite all-time Millwall player, though? Who would you pick out? I mean, if late 80s onwards. Who, uh, choose, choose your favourite, mate. See, see, that's the thing. I mean, this is like asking my best, what's the best Clash song? It's You've got the usual diamonds, like, you know, Jordy Jack, so you've got, like, Kitch, or you've got, like, Bomber. And I've seen a lot of Bomber all the way from the start. When he went away, come back. Yeah. And met him a couple of times now as well. He's a really nice guy. But I would have to go with purely Cahill. Same because player. of that day in Manchester. And because of the shit we had been served up, yeah. Consistently in the nineties and just to get that uh, just just to get that little little in in the day in itself in Manchester there was no shenanigans, there was no trouble, there was a no. beautiful atmosphere, there was all Sikhs and Sunderwood thoughts playing Vangra drums and everyone just <laughs> laughing. And I actually remember a, a pickup truck pulling up at the traffic lights and it must have been someone that owned a shop and it was caked in uh, cases of beer <laughs> and the Sunderland Millwall fans just looked at each other and before you know it there wasn't a case left on the back of that guy's uh, pickup. They had they'd emptied it 
both sides of fans. Um, and sort of Frank Harper standing outside an off-licence drink cans of beer. It was a surreal day. Surreal is a good choice of word. I mean, we've used it a couple of times on these on these interviews that we've done, and I think a lot of people go for that day in Old Trafford and back in 2004. And it does seem a little bit like a dream looking back now, Del, doesn't it? I mean, it's, it's almost like it, you know, you wonder whether it actually existed at times, and there it is real, it happened, but it, it does have a kind of dreamlike quality at times. Oh, it happened, all right. I still remember that saucy man charging us seven quid or whatever it was to park in the garage next to it. Um, yeah, it was a great day. And, you know, the thing was, I never actually went to Carbis to the final. I could have. My, my two stepsons went, or my family and all that went. But I never, they all went to the limousines. But I didn't want to taint the semi-final no. by going to Cardiff and getting that pat on the head or gallant Millwall. Yeah. So I yeah. actually never went to the final. You didn't so do the final? Me, oh, wow. Nah, for, for me, my final was the semi-final. I mean, a lot, of, a lot of people say that that was our true final, and I, I get what they mean by that. I mean, I, I did the Cardiff thing, but of, clearly we were never going to be in with a chance against Manchester United, um, you know, being realistic. Tim Cahill was a player that fed on the energy of the den. Some players take to it, don't they, and others can't deal with it so well. Um, Timmy always always seemed to feed off the energy of the crowd and the, and the, um, the buzz of the den. Um, when you're... When you're doing your comedy, Dale, do you get hecklers? Do you get people that are trying to trip you up? You must get a bit of that when, in, in the trade that you're in, mate. You do, you do get hecklers, but usually if you walk out and from the get-go they know that you mean business, yeah. um, it, 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 it should, it, it's set up right from the start if the MC does his job, and then when you come on as an act, it's all cool. But when they do heckle, it's... As long as when you do them in the whole room, you turn the whole room against them. Um, if it's that sort of just doing it to be nasty and trying to ruin things, it's not yeah. really, it's not really the vibe you want in a comedy club. It's sort of weird. It really happens, but when it does, um, you, it's, the way I explain stand up, it's like being a, a any other tradesman. You got a tool bag, and as you're going along, you learn different tools and techniques and then yeah. situations to use them tools for but um, no I love it but if they, if they shout out and they're doing them the first couple of times and they don't shut up and most clubs the bouncers actually would go and say to them look you can't Leave do it. that yeah, yeah yeah fair play fair play who's the worst Millwall player you've ever seen Del I'm going to put you on the spot now mate do you know see when you ask me that I was I, t- I try to wrap my brain because there was some total, total crap <laughs> and, and in the 1990s we were sell, we, you know? And it was it, a low like, point. Remember, it was a low point. <laughs> yeah, I remember like selling players that were decent, like Goodman and Cunningham, just to so that we so, don't have to put the floodlights on the jump. Well, so to stay alive, um, wasn't it? The club was the club was on the brink of extinction. You know, that's I'm, right. It was gone mate, because of the neglect and everything else, and yeah. the people just cashing in and screwing us, man. That's why the fans deserve more. And bottom line, to me. I wouldn't give a monkey's who was in debt for partly 500 people. As long as Millwall stay Millwall. See, I don't, I don't want us to change. That's the thing that makes us, instead of looking at it as a negative, we should look at all the positives of the club. But in answer to your question, I would have to say it's got to be Bobby Bowery, I would say. Bobby <laughs> He hasn't yeah. come up yet. Actually, that's a good choice. He, he, I don't think he's been chosen yet, but um, poor old Bob. I mean, he, <laughs> The arrival of a bit of a fanfare in a way, didn't he, from Crystal Palace as a mid? Uh, he came in for. Did we sold someone to Palace and he came as a mate weight, didn't he? Yeah, that's that's what I mean. He cut, that made it even worse, and it, <laughs> it, it was just. I mean, there's the usual candidates. I also remember the two Russians that got neck drunk driving. Oh, Jesus, yeah. <laughs> 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 and there were some terrible players, but there's some brilliant ones as well. Eiffel, you know, Stephen Reed, man, born yeah. when he was in full flow. I mean, that 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 never caught um, Sadler. There's yeah. so many players that are wall that get wall that that and like you say about Cahill, yeah, he did understand my wall when he gets us and he gets the fans. And also for me at this point in time, um, there's a couple of players in that team that I think are good enough. To, to go on and do at least what Cahill did, you know? Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, at the I think moment, at the I think moment. you're right. There's some good kids coming through Dell at the moment. Some of the some of the boys we've seen recently, likes of Jack Powell, um, Fred on your Dinma, I think has got the X factor myself. They just I need... think we had Brian's plays with no fear. He's very good as well, man. I've given him a chance and he played the foot for you. I know Saturday first half he sort of did a lot of running, but we didn't want much productive there. The second half, I think he was he he, he was better. 
And as far as Sean Williams goes, Jesus, yeah. every week I look there and I'm like, how are you playing for us, son? No, Why are you not in the Premier League? He's the knife that spreads the butter on the toast. He's average. Even when I would say games that we never played well and we got beat, I would say that 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 Williams, you know, yeah. in most games, mate, he never puts a foot wrong. And I just think he's a brilliant week player. I'm going to nick that metaphor off you. Dildo knife that spreads the butter on the toast. I like that. I'm writing that down right now as I'm talking to you. So expect yeah, to, ex- I'll, expect I'll to see that in a magazine. Well, <laughs> Scotty Malone, uh, I, I, I really rate Scotty Malone as well. You know, but decent player. Yeah. Awesome, yeah. Scott Scott is he's a, he's a very good um, forward thinking, fast. Defender, I suppose he can he can switch to winger, stroke midfielder, can't he? But um, a very, a very, very decent player as well, in, indeed. Um, the new den, Del, do you like it, or do you, do you think it compares with Cold Blow Lane? Are you are you a romantic for the old days, or do you like the new stadium? I'm romantic for the old days, but man, I I I I was <laughs> into the class in the strangles and the pistols, <laughs> and I watched the Rockford Files and like Magnum and that. I'm, I'm, I'm still dragging my heels into the 21st century. I think with Los Mano, people are walking about with their heads down in the street and, and on phones with their heads up their asses. And I, I, I would love it to be at the old den, but at the same time, I'm realistic enough to know things have moved on. Um, I don't want us to move again. I think moving again would be cuckoo, and I think it wouldn't be in our interest. It would only be in other people's. No. Um, so we've got it. It's there. Let's. I don't know. See, see, I'm happy being in the championship, to be honest, because I, I know that we're punching above our weight. But I would be even happy. See, we ever did get to the prime, right? As long as we don't bust our balls like all them other silly clubs yeah. did, and they ended up to their detriment. Um, even, even if we were playing and getting, you know, as well as I know, we don't mind getting beat. It's the manner of the, the defeat if we get beat. As long as yeah. we're putting on our all, I mean, I still think we would sing every game, we would nick a bit of money at it, and we would only be stronger in the championship. So it's that, that, I suppose, would be the ideal thing to aim for, but there's no shame and no bad side to playing in the championship for me. No, it's it's an interesting league. It's, it is becoming very very Premier like, Dell, isn't it? I mean, some of the leading clubs in the Championship now are comparatively wealthy clubs, really. I mean, we played Wolves last Saturday. We've played mm. Forest. We've played Derby. These are clubs that are aspire to that kind of um, faintly boring middle ground of the Premier League. They're not going to win the Premier League, but they want to be mid-table respectability. And I'm not sure. I, I make you right. I'm not sure that's what I would want for Millwall. I don't think we'd ever achieve that personally. Exactly, it'd be at what cost, you know, at what cost, yeah. Sell it, selling and, and your soul, basically, you know. Games. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I wouldn't be for that at all. But it's interesting what you say. I also think they're in the championship as well, but it's such a hard week, the same as there's no easy games. No, I mean, no, no, no. I thought we're going to roll over rather than on form and it's common sense using logic, but it just showed you that day. There is no easy games, and if 8 out of 11 in the players aren't at the races from the get-go, yeah, no, and you're no, no. banging trouble, mate. You're banging trouble because you're going to end up losing a goal. You lose a goal, and then before you know it, it's you're you're trying to hit them on the counter, and when they do that, they hit you with a sucker punch for the second one. We've seen it so so many times. And um, but I honestly, think Holloway didn't know his best team, and I still don't think he knows his best team in his own head. And I think that to play with one up front at home is just madness. I don't care how you want to dress it up with your European statistics formation. Like Jock Steen said, football's football. Don't overcomplicate it. If you've got one up front and you've got nobody on the wings putting the balls at him, how are we going to score? If you're doing that at home, what is that saying about what you? At home, people should be coming in there then the same way as they felt about the old then. Scared to come there, not want to come there, and know from the minute that whistle blows, every one of these Millwall players are going to get stuck right in. You know. Well said, mate. Well said. Um, I, I, I'm with you all the way on that. Um, I, I think we seem to play away tactics at home. I mean, it's a different ball game when you go away and you're looking to contain and defend, and perhaps there's an argument there for being a little bit cagey, a little bit tighter. But at home, no. I mean, you're right. We should be ripping into teams. That brings the crowd into the. But play. we're at the best when we are. That's the whole thing. Totally. The only time we get anything is when we play it in the middle from midfield, or it comes from the crosses. And when we're going against teams, and when Malone's pace and everything else, and they're running at them, 
every, everyone, that's what's so annoying about this season. Every team that's beat us, we were better and could have won the games, even in the games where there's been a few goals in it. It's, it's, the, the score flattered them, do you know what I mean? I mean, Saturday, Saturday, if we had ended up being beat 3-0, that would have totally flattered them. Yeah. They had three chances, two corners. I don't know what's going on with Fordy in the jump, and he used to grab everything in the air, um, and and the free kick, of course. Yeah. So, but that that was all they had. They was never going to score, and I've seen that a few times this season. There's a few teams in the championship that's got no goal for it. Now, what I hoped was I like Gregory, and I just hoped I didn't think it's really fair to him to play him one up front when Ricardo's one up front himself, and he finds it hard when he's got people double tagging him, sometimes treble tagging him every time a ball comes in. Yeah. So, how do you expect? But Gilly's gym, man, he's just kept on, he's kept on, he's kept on, he's kept on his football. And there you go, Saturday was an immense corner. And so let's hope we can build on that. But let's hope, Paul, we realise he's in penny drops. The way to go is attacking. Once you've got a couple of goals up, then you can start all that. Nice one. Well, might have touched on this already, Del. Um, what's your favourite ever Millwall moment? I'm, I'm going to guess it's the game that we referred to earlier on, the semi final 2004. Would you choose that, or is there another one for you, mate? No, no, it'd be that. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, the, the, the first playoffs, what a horrible day that was in the sunshine. The second playoffs, all right, we got up, but it was, mm. it was a bit chillier. <laughs> um, no, for me, definitely, when you took his shot off and you run over, we were sitting right there. Yeah. And um, it was just, it's just one of them things, because every year, no matter what, until the end of time, or they screw this world up properly, and they're well on their way to doing that. <laughs> um, when there's an FA Cup show, that gets shown. Yeah. That is one of the prime bits of tape that they use, and that just it's, it gives me a nice little flutter in my heart when I see that. It's true, it's one of those iconic images, Del, and it, um, every time you see it, it just sums up the joy of the FA Cup as it as it was. I think it's losing that luster increasingly. Definitely. Sadly. But also down to disrespect from a lot of the clubs and the managers, whereas, you know what I mean, they should be conveying to the players. So I think it, it starts from them and the clubs because if you really care that much, and then you look at some of them clubs last year, like Arsenal and that, no one, nothing. Surely, what, you tell me that, that you wouldn't have liked to win? Yeah. It just doesn't make sense on a year-after-year basis. You know, Very for much the better so. part. It's what they're doing. What's the funniest ever moment you'd choose, Del? Have you got any, any any moments you can bring to mind that have amused you over the years since you started going? Mate, I remember meeting Bunny one day and he had a suit and a scarf. <laughs> and um, that was funny. That was hilarious. <laughs> um, I said, what's with his suit and scarf come for Bunny? <laughs> yeah, I know. He just sort of took it as well. Um, <laughs> I think it would it would it would have to be yeah in the toilets at Wembley at the second playoffs yeah. when when that guy started a bit, what was a what's a sweaty doing supporting Mowell <laughs> and I, and I think well they were started by Scottish people and never even got angry I just laughed and went, no they weren't. And, 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 uh, just everyone turned around from the urinals as they walked out the door and just said, uh, what a saucer. Wow. Yeah. We just had to be playing in like, navy blue and white for, for no reason. Oh, 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 but on top of that as well, I suppose, oh, God, how can I forget? Um, my son was actually, he, he ball-boyed about 15, 20 times, and because he's service to the club, what he did, it was really nice. The parties that he usually sell, they, they invited him to come in because he was getting a wee bit older. Yeah. And he actually went in the dressing room and we met Harry Kane, Robbo, okay. uh, Lowry, when he was still there, who I was a big fan of at that point. Yeah. And we met the whole team, Trotter and all that. Um, Alfie actually run out with Robbo. Right. And did the, did the jink, and I could see Millwall fans looking in the programme going, who the fuck's on? <laughs> no, the name on the back of his shirt, who's he? Um, and, and that was a great, great day as well. But I'll tell you what, I've got the one to even top that. My son was ball boy when Casper Schmeichel was uh, playing against um, Millwall when he was angled for a lead at that point. Yep, yep. 3-2 up, seven minutes left. My son's at the ball boy behind the goalpost, um, he gets the ball. Now, obviously, Schmeichel's run and say, him, give me the ball. Now, he didn't deliberately do the robot and start slow motioning, but he didn't exactly sprint like Ben Johnson either, yeah? Casper Schmeichel runs over to him, grabs his arm, right. yanks the ball from him. That whole seat in the mall, bang the goal, got up, started going mental. Oh, and then when we got home, 
Um, I took you know, you could chase Steve score put a t-shirt on yeah. and actually had the goalkeeper glove on his arm really that's out of order I never liked Casper um, Schmeichel I, mean, I know there's always a certain um, you know the opposition of the opposition and there's always you know you've got to get in their faces but I never liked him he always seemed a bit smarmy and arrogant horrible and that, that just reinforces it Del yeah, it's confrontational, but I told that story on radio one day, and uh, the next thing I saw, he was getting tweets from his, I think his list, and his teammates yeah. uh, sort of rubbing on my bullets. So, um, Pushing ball boys it's, around. <laughs> yeah, his brother says, whatever you do to me, you'll get back a thousand times more. <laughs> <laughs> Last question for you, Del. The most despised opponent. I don't know, this is always a bit of a tough question and some people struggle with it and I'm not sure if you like it or not, but if, if not despised, your most disliked opponent. That might be a gentler way to put it if, if you don't like that word. Well, it's got to be West Ham, man. It's got to be West Ham. <laughs> Just purely because of what happened that last game over there. 2009. Um, yeah, yeah, nasty night. Nasty, horrible night, wasn't it? Forwards closely second by Tottenham, who actually played Mullwell in a friendly about I think it's nine ten god time spinning, I think it's about ten years or eleven, maybe eleven yeah, years ago. Yeah, it would have been, yeah, back in the uh, League One days, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. In some football factory wannabes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. went over to a pub in Bermondsey about eight and nine at night. This was hours after the game and sort of bricked a pub and all that and there was all that women and kids in it. So, right. You claimed that as yeah, a result. So, yeah. So I think the next time if we ever played Tottenham again, I think that'd be a whatever they call it, that'll be one for the... A, ca- a category, a category, a, 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 a star, I think that would be, wouldn't it, along with the West Ham going, mate? Yeah, I think it'd be a five-star, mate, along with West Ham, yeah. <laughs> but, mind you, last time we went to West Ham, it was just a fruitful convention, so... Um, <laughs> hopefully that'll happen again. But at the same time, I think you've got to mention, like I said this on the radio as well, the CCTV cities with Dominic McIntyre, who we just so happened to be at Leeds that day when Millwall went about what, four, four, four odd seasons ago. Yeah, yeah. And he filmed it that day, and you see what happens. And as a documentary, if you're going to be totally uh, neutral and look at this logically, you've got a busload of football supporters coming to watch their team. Yeah. They've paid to do it. There's men, women, and children in the bus. Their buses get bricked because the police have basically let a mob of 2,000 or whatever get there. Um, maybe 70% of which don't even go to the football on a daily, like on a weekly basis. Yeah. And they mishandled the situation. And then after all that, we were the ones that got the blame for it. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, the, uh, there's there's hints that the Leeds, um, you know, uh, ticketing might be eased slightly, and, and, and rightly so, for the reasons that you've just adequately described. It, it, it does make me laugh when you think of all the other things that happen in this world that um, are far, far worse than a football match at three o'clock on a Saturday afternoon and the West Yorkshire police seem to be incapable of handling, you know, a comparatively small number of Millwall fans that will make that trip up to Ellen Road. But there we are, that's 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 life I guess, isn't it? Even even in London, some of the things I see on the daily she groups of youths getting away and taking total liberties and honestly think to myself, if me and four others tried that on a Saturday I'd be getting banned. You'd be videoed, you know, nicked and banned, mate, and be, uh, you know, doing, doing, one, mate. doing time for it. I was always watching it in the Google Matrix, of course. <laughs> <laughs> or any other search engine that may be copying information. There you go. There you are. Del Strain, comedian. Actor, I've just noticed you've done a bit of acting as well, Del. A bit, a bit of Shakespeare. Yeah, I've done a bit of Shakespeare. Shakespeare. Done a yeah. And yeah. Um, and you've been in the Nissan and the Braun shaving advert. Not are you splashing water on your face in these things? What goes on in? No, it was just what they wanted to see. The funny thing was, I still don't shave proper, <laughs> and it was the anniversary of it. I think it was thirty year anniversary, and they wanted like seven different people with all different facial like growths, right. and I got the one the one that had the baby face. So that was why I got it. But it was, uh, yeah, yeah. I also done the Miss in Nevada at Charlton. They shot it at Charlton, but I refused to wear red and white. I refused to wear it. Nice yeah. stuff. You got any gigs coming up soon, Dave? Any, any, any shows uh, you're doing? This weekend I'm up in Glasgow doing the bootlegging running with the Scottish Sausage and the Red Cola. Right. Um, so I'm doing John Goes in Glasgow this weekend. I'm back in Glasgow in November. Um, Newcastle, February. You can catch me in London, November and December, anywhere from Bedford to Watford. Um, just Twitter, 
Twitter every day or Del Strain Comedian on Facebook and those usual updates. But I don't really use Facebook anymore for about a year. It's a photo album. As soon as your relatives start getting involved, it's all over. <laughs> <laughs> stick, stick, stick with a Twitter, mate. I enjoy your feed. Always, always, Thank always, you very much. always register. Thank you. Appreciate your time, Del. That's Del Strain, Listed Lion. Thanks for doing the show, Del. Thank you very much, Nick. Nick. You've been listening to Octoon Millwall, the CBL Magazine podcast. That's the Millwall News this week, and we are out of here.